Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Strange Familiars, covering a range of topics from the paranormal. Cryptids, mythology, the occult, hauntings, UFOs, weird history, and folklore. Wherever you are listening to Strange Familiars, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or any other service, please subscribe and click the like button, and share the Strange Familiars pages and stories on Facebook and other social media. If you have experienced something strange, or if you know a story you would like us to cover, email strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. And of course you can always find us at strangefamiliars.com. Welcome to Strange Familiars, episode 49. This is a two-part episode, episodes 49 and 50. I brought Clint from OK Talk back, and we talk about synchronicity. But as things tend to go when Clint and I talk, they go in a hundred different other directions as well. So, yes, the conversation is about synchronicity, and then it goes off the rails... But those conversations tend to be a little synchronous as well. 
Clint has the ability to take phone calls in the studio where he records. So we took some random phone calls. They were completely random. And we got some interesting results. So you'll hear those phone calls just randomly throughout both shows. In the next episode, in episode 50, you will hear how things got a little darker with Synchronicity recently, including the raccoon that attacked me in Hex Hollow a few weeks back. We're going to make episodes 49 and 50 available to everyone, so you don't have to be a patron to hear them. Everybody will get both episodes. However, if you don't want to miss an episode of Strange Familiars, please consider becoming a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. For $3 a month, you can hear all of our shows. We do one or two extra shows a month for patrons. We've been trying to do two, but we do at least one. And these are full shows. They're not short patron segments. We do full episodes of Strange Familiars as bonus episodes for our patrons. At this time, we don't take advertisers. We don't have any sponsors. The only support we get is from our patrons. So if you'd like to help us make Strange Familiars, go to patreon.com slash strangefamiliars and check out the different levels of support there. Strange Familiars is brought to you by our patrons at Patreon, so thank you all. Without our patrons, no Strange Familiars. synchronicitize yeah so how do you want to do this man can we start the synchronicity though podcast now Mm -hmm. and can i tell you or at least gauge the discussion that we had via via messenger where you told me that you weren't familiar with mumble rap before we started talking. <laughs> sure. And that now you were completely confused as to whether or not that was a good thing or not, but you were fascinated by rap battles. <laughs> in real life. So I know, how do I put this? So in, in Jamaican culture, it's, they're called, um, not MCs, they are called DJs. And uh, this is an argument that people, you know, s- probably music historians uh, will have in, in 20 or 30 years, but I, I believe rap started in Jamaica. And my interest is in, is in reggae, and I like all forms of reggae. I like dancehall, I like dub, I like straight up, you know, traditional uh, roots reggae. So I'm familiar with, you know, Jamaican DJ culture. I'll, not so much the newer stuff, but I, I like the stuff from the from the 70s. But I do like some some modern artists. I like Damian Marley a lot. I, I like really like Damian Marley. But anyway, other than that, I haven't really followed... Other than its connections to Jamaican music, I haven't followed rap too closely. And you have uh, got me fascinated with this new Eminem album. And it's all your fault. It, it's totally... Well, I think it's a good intro to the synchronicity question. Because it just so happens that the new Eminem record fell, which was a total response... Eminem record Kamikaze was a total response to people fading him, you know, bashing him, whatever, because he did something different. 
and people came at him like all of a sudden that meant he was weak. And the beauty now of where we live today, sports, music, is that the idea of dropping an album and not letting anyone know it's happening. And it just so happened that it occurred while I was on a lengthy car trip. I Seriously, I may have been the first person in America to hear it. <laughs> it had dropped on Apple Music, and I just was looking at Apple Music, and it popped. I was like, whoa, what is this? And so the synchronicity being that it happened at a point where, as I've got my project going, and I start to realize some people had, I mean, I felt like were fading me because I was doing something different. And so it's followed the path of that. It's followed that same path. And it is brilliant because, yes, so we're all familiar with the Cash Me Outside girl, right? <laughs> Everyone here? Am I wrong? I mean, am I wrong? Vaguely. Like, I'm vaguely, okay. vaguely familiar with her. Like, I, I know yeah. it's a thing, and I, I, think I, know, I think I know who she is, like, just from pop culture references, but I don't think I ever saw the original. You never heard Cash Me Outside. You never saw the Dr. Phil clip? I think I saw the clip, maybe, but maybe just, like, excerpted Tim, I think in other places. You still have way too much emo in you. Emo. Where you assume, not emu, not <laughs> not giant dinosaur bird. <laughs> emo, where, wait, is that an emo thing where they would just kind of not be down with things that were popular? I don't know. Was that a hipster thing? Was that hipster emo? I don't know. I don't know if emo is hipster. That may be another podcast altogether. Isn't there a South Park about emos and goths? Yes, there is. <laughs> they're, they're essentially the same thing. And vampire kids. <laughs> <laughs> lots of lots of per se. I, no, so, I, I know to my kids, emo is an insult. I know they, they throw that around as an insult. Like... Like your email would be a big, big insult to my kids. Oh yeah, totally, totally. So this probably all comes from the fact that I work in radio, which I don't know if you know this, Tim, but radio is an audio medium. Is it now? It is. It is. A lot of people are not familiar with that fact, but radio is indeed an audio medium. I, are is radio like it's like they're like podcasts, right? They're like podcasts that happen all the time and they are constantly scrutinized for what people call ratings. <laughs> and the greedy bastards that do radio are trying to make money off of it. So it's kind of an issue. <laughs> well, let's just go ahead. I mean, if you don't mind, I, I know this is your and you can cut this out. I don't care. But I think it does play into the synchronicity thing. It's funny. And I want somebody to talk about with this with. And your comment about you being like, I don't know what the hell mumble rap is. It's funny to me. But you just dropped a bomb to everyone, whoever ends up hearing this, whether it's just me and you, that you don't know about Cash Me Outside. I mean, I know of it. I, I don't like if you asked me where it was from, I could have told you it was from some talk show and some it was a teenage girl who got lippy or something and yelled at the audience like that's how much i can tell you about it. tributes to this chaos and this problem i don't behave disrespectful 
I steal cars. I steal her credit card. I ain't gonna lie. There's no reason to lie. Everybody know already. Like, what do you say to yourself that gives you the right to take somebody else's car? You talking to be sliding? You mean that's what makes me want to take the next bitch car? What now? I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Are you speaking English? She's 13, by the way. Wow. And Dr. Phil is confused <laughs> by her, her overall appearance. <laughs> Do you have an accent of some sort? Tell them where it comes from. You know. <laughs> from the street. Oh. Okay. So <laughs> tell me again, wh what is it you say to yourself that gives you the right to take somebody else's car? I don't say anything to myself. I just say, all right, that's a car. There's some keys right in front of me. I know where the car at. You know where the car at. <laughs> Dude, this girl, you, I just want to point out grade? as a millionaire at this point. <laughs> Wonderful. No, I'm, I'm asking, how far did you go? You just take it and you don't consider that it belongs to someone else. No. Your keys in my room, you're asking for it. You don't leave your keys in a part in someone's room when they've stolen cars before. Like you asking for it. Um, so what do you think is going to happen when you happen to steal somebody's car that disagrees with that and decides that they're gonna drop a hammer on you and prosecute you to the full extent of the then law. Then I do my time in jail. Jail ain't nothing. That's what I always do, and they never catch me. Ain't nobody gonna catch me. Cause you're too streetwise. Yup. And all these hoes laughing like something funny. She's talking about the audience. That they're laughing at her. Did Did you say the 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 hoes are laughing? Yep. So the audience are a bunch of hoes. Yep. Huh? Catch me outside. How about that? Catch you outside? <laughs> what does that mean? What I just said. Catch her outside means she'll go outside and do what she has to do. That's what she's talking about. Oh, yeah. This, yeah, is, okay, all, yeah. this is all. But don't you see? Did you just say the hoes were laughing at you? <laughs> so this girl now, Daniel Bergoni, who at the time is 13, I'll just say this. I worked at a radio station that was very anti-Me Too, okay? All right. There was a countdown calendar of when she was of legal age oh. inside the studio. Oh. <laughs> oh. admit, but again, she has, you know, her Instagram, you, you know, it's like they used to say, the girls these days you never know. She didn't look 13. She obviously didn't act 13. But anyway, I remember specifically sharing the cash me outside thing with Shannon. And Shannon's response may be the most foul mouth, horrible response I've ever heard from a human. And I will not be able to repeat it. But she she draws that kind of ire. Cash me outside. How about it? Comes big deal. She's suddenly she's in rap videos where she's scantily clad and on the top of a car and she becomes for lack of a better word a rapper she gets signed by 
Atlantic or somebody. Somebody signed her to a big contract, and she's under the name of Bad Bobby, which I will give you $100 if you could spell Bad Bobby the way that she spells it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not even going to Give me the guess. first three letters of how you would spell Bad Bobby. Bad Bobby. I mean, the first, I don't know any other way to spell bad other than B-A-D. No, well, you would fail, and I would keep my $100, because B-H-A-D-D. Oh. <laughs> and Bobby, I'm pretty positive, also has an H in front of B. <laughs> so she's terrible, you know? And in fact, I there was a point where I, I have a love-hate relationship with hip-hop. There was a point where they... Just the internet remix of the Cash Me Outside Girl was my favorite quote unquote rap song where it was just them taking her saying, Cash Me Outside, how about that? Catch me, <laughs> you know? And then he's just like, Are you saying the hoes? <laughs> so anyway, she, they sign her to this record. She puts out this song and it's god awful. Now, the only reason that I know most of that. Post just her being Cash Me Outside Girl is the fact that right after Kamikaze comes out, I see some people on the internet are thinking the Eminem stealing or copying Bad Bobby. At this point, I don't know who Bad Bobby is. When I realize it, that it's this one, I'm like, what are you talking about? There's no way this girl has some sort of a flow. And basically his whole bit of like making fun of the fact that that's how you rap, where he's just like brain dead, cyclops, painless, high tops, like just that copying. They're like, oh, yeah, he's stealing her shit, man. That's the definition of the mumble rap thing. And the mumble rap, that's the first thing that hooked me about. He just made fun of the Gucci Mane, Chuka Mane, Shula Mane, Weedy Wayne. Right, right. Um, flow. And yeah, and I, I did find out recently as in last night I found out that MJ Kelly, the kid with whom he has the beef, was for some reason or another at a Dallas Mavericks function in town. And Rick Carlisle, the coach of the Dallas Mavericks, who happens to be um, an elite table tennis player and also an accomplished musician in that he played Graham, you know, plays the piano on stage with some really upper tier musicians was standing next to MJ Kelly. And my friend asked him if he knew who that kid was. And he said, I just knew he was friends with another one. So that's my first derail of the podcast. <laughs> no. Well, to be, uh, to, to, to round it out, I've, uh, I went down the, the YouTube rabbit hole of rap diss videos. And there's, I guarantee there's people who, who just lost their shit. Hear me, hear me just say rap this video. Maybe the whitest way that's ever been said. No, but I think Gandalf could rap. I'm sure he could. I'm sure he could. I've not reached that level of, of wizardry yet. But uh, I should apologize to you, ma'am. For what? Because we were, we, we were honestly discussing the art of it. And there is art to it. Like, not this bullshit, obviously, but with, like, you were loving the video, and 
I don't know, man. I have a I have a whole like affinity for the greatest of all time kind of thing. I also just like to hear people just do something not a lot of other people do. I don't know. Now I feel like whatever we gained from having me on your first podcast in terms of people checking it out, we are losing quickly and I probably should stop and maybe keep <laughs> us all out all together. Maybe maybe I'll just clip this into an okay talk segment. So <laughs> synchronicities have been happening. Okay, so I edited the what do you call it when you take the callers? Um, oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, personally, I call it. And by the way, I do reserve the right to take any caller. If this board lights up, which I feel like it will, but I don't know. I'm taking it, but yes, no, I, we call that the screenless Sasquatch, which means that I'm going to pick up a phone call to a national radio show. And while they attempt to try to shoehorn some political jargon at me, my main goal is to ask them their thoughts on Bigfoot. Right. So this is uh, something you do on OK Talk with like some regularity. You've done a few of them, right? I think there are officially six. Have there been six? I knew there was at least three. They're kind of they're kind of fun. So you, they're away from, they're away for me to tell stories within stories within stories. You work at a, a radio station, and without giving too much away, you can take calls. Which they're calling another show. They think they're calling another show, essentially. Right. One of a one of a few. Uh, it, it happens to be a national radio show, and it plays all over America and the world, coincidentally. And I've I've actually been in talk radio long enough that I have a certain disdain for people who call. <laughs> 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 and you heard me talk some politics earlier. It's not about the politics. I I just don't like the ignorance thing. And I think the later in the evening you get you mix alcohol in. Let's face it, there was some pretty sharp, blatant racism that has been thrown around, and and now I think it's just the other way. I think there's there's good chance that people are just going to be idiots that call. But I love them because I don't know what it is inside of them that makes them think that it's a good idea to call, especially <laughs> on a show they can't possibly think that we're live. But again, alcohol probably. And my goal is. And it, it was driven off of one or two times of doing this, and it just seemed like it stuck, was that let's just say you're real concerned about, let's not even talk about current stuff. Let's just say you're like, you know what, that JFK, SOB, Richard Nixon, blah, 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 blah. And I've already told you more than likely that, well, you know, see, here's the thing. What you're hearing right now has already happened. And the fact that you've called has no merit. <laughs> can't do anything about that. But because I'm a good human being, I picked up the phone to tell you that so you didn't just sit there and let it ring one million times. I will say we don't have caller ID or anything, so I don't know who these people are. And there seems to be something about when someone is really, really super passionate, especially about politics. Right? And usually it's politics and religion you're not supposed to talk about, that kind of thing. If you ask them the question, hey, let me just, what are your thoughts on Bigfoot? 
And I've heard every conceivable response to that from dead silence to you're messing with me to I believe it's real. And I've met people that I like to think are my friends doing that. So this was after we did the Strange Familiars episode, and you're like, hey, come on, OK Talk, and we re- we're recording for that, and you just picked up a call, a random call. First one you picked up, it was to do one of these, I guess, you know, potentially to use for a screenless Sasquatch segment. I was totally showing off. That's all. It was way more petty than that. I was just showing <laughs> off to you. Look what powers I have, Tim. <laughs> Completely random. And uh, we we got this woman here, the first call. So you talk about synchronicity. Right now, there's people calling the show. So watch this. Let's see what this does right here. What if I hit this guy on right here? Radio. Oh, I'm sorry. I was trying to call in. I guess it's too late then. I beg your pardon. I'm sorry. You don't have to be sorry or anything or beg our pardon. It's cool. What's your name? It's Michelle. Michelle, where are you calling from today? Uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, what's going on in Phoenix? Well, you know, hot and hotter. What can I say? Right, right. <laughs> I do have one other question. Do you want to participate in our secret, super secret off-the-air poll? Yeah. Okay, so today's question. Of course. Today's question, let me see here. Let's see what it was again. Oh, wow, this is an interesting one. Today's question is, what are your thoughts on Bigfoot? Bigfoot? Right. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I, I, think, I think Bigfoot was at one time just a very huge man, wilderness type of man that could take care of himself but couldn't function, of course, in society because of his his size and was just kind of, I don't know, maybe he was abandoned and, and just had to fend for himself. That would That would be my take. I mean, it's not some kind of big bear thing. I mean, he's just you know, kind of like Tarzan out in the jungle. I mean, he he was just there, and he had to learn to fend for himself. But this was due to more of someone being not... Society would never accept anybody that big. Um, didn't fit in, so he was just abandoned. That's my... Right, right. So I would like to introduce you to my assistant producer. His name is Tim. Can you say hi, Tim? Hi, Tim. Hello. Tim, you have a follow-up question to that off the air, what are your thoughts, Tim, on him just being a, a wilderness man? It's as good a theory as any. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you ever That's heard about? Have you ever heard about how Bigfoot is an alien? No, I haven't heard that one. Uh, I, I teach sociology at, at one of the colleges, so but I'm not one of those like left wingers, you know. I mean, I'm pretty. I was more research oriented when I went to graduate school, but. I just think that from a societal point, it was someone that was that could never fit into the social structures, and you know. So uh, along that along that th- uh, along that line of thinking, do you think that the people who say, for instance, that they saw something that they thought was a Bigfoot, say a week ago in Pennsylvania, 
do you think that they're crazy or mistaken or what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I mean, I remember hearing about Bigfoot when I was little and I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought he was more out in the West area, Montana, Nevada. I mean, Montana, Wyoming type of areas. Do you know that Pennsylvania as a state is in the top five in Bigfoot sightings in the world? No, I didn't know that. Isn't that crazy? Well, I grew up in Maryland, and I never, I don't recall hearing that. So, but Tim, <clears throat> what, what, what part of Maryland did you grow up in? It was a little town in Upper in Baltimore County. It was called Upper Co. Upper. Oh, you're kidding me! I I grew up in Upper Co. on Dark Hollow Road. You're kidding. Did you go to? I'm Franklin not. High I'm not kidding. Did you go to Franklin Senior High? I went to Franklin Elementary, Franklin Junior High, and Franklin Senior High. So did I. Wow. How about where this? in Upper Co. did you live? Hanover Road. Hanover Road. Okay. Yeah, I was I was back, you know, behind Arcadia. Oh, okay. We weren't that far from uh, remember Huffman's uh little yeah. store and then there was a uh, some kind of cafe there and then there was uh Finksburg with uh the man that used to drive the school buses that had the little grocery store with all the good candy. Mm-hmm. And Cigar Harry we called him. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, what was it? The girls that had the um, maple crest, maple crest. They used to have the uh, snowballs and all. You could go over there, and maple crest, and get them. I think I remember that. Uh, but uh, wow, what are the chances? Yeah. So where are you now? I'm in uh, Pennsylvania now. Oh, okay. You're still in PA. We left. My parents retired out to Arizona. And moved out here in 88, 89. And then I finally gave in because I was the only child, as I was just telling the man that I spoke to prior to you. In any event, no, I, I came out here in um, 89, end of 89, and I was out here for a good while. And then I went to Idaho for my Ph.D., and I was up there for a while, and I came back. Idaho State? University of Idaho. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let me tell you how small Upper Co is, Clint. <laughs> okay, I'm listening. <laughs> it's tiny. The, the chances that she would be from Upper Co are minuscule. This is uh, crazy. This is absolutely crazy. Random caller Probably. from the same town I grew up in. That's, that's amazing. Did you graduate Franklin Senior High? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When yeah. did you graduate, she's sure. asking. Oh, when? Oh, 88. Oh, heavens. Okay. Well, see, I, I was supposed to graduate in 75, and then I graduated a year early in 74, so. Man. Okay. You went to school with some of my older brothers, probably. The Renners. What was his name? Uh, let's see. My brother Doug went to McDonough, but uh, my brother Mark would have been there. And uh, Chris Renner, he graduated, I think, in 80, so he, he might not have been there when you were there. No, I don't. I don't remember the name. Those renters were bad kids, though. That's mainly what he's trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, those were tough times. You know, the seventies. They were tough times. Lots of cocaine. It's one of the reasons I graduated early. But yeah, that's wow. What are the chances? So here's the thing, though. The really shocking thing is Tim, Maryland, 
Sasquatch. Go. Okay, uh, let's see. Liberty Reservoir in Randallstown. There's sightings in the 70s. There's several sightings. They called it the Sykesville Monster. Bee Tree Nature Preserve in Northern Maryland, which is... Uh, what's the what's the, the town closest to that? Um, Harford, I guess, or Hereford, rather, Hager, near Hereford. Um, there was a sightings in the early 2000s, I believe. Throughout Gunpowder State Park, there's been several sightings. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we got them in Maryland. The sightings, anyway. Now, now whether, you know, if you ask my wife, we're all crazy, and everyone who sees them is crazy. But there, there have been people that report it. What do you think about that? Uh, outcast of society that's that would be my perspective on it like i said it's just somebody that who knows maybe it's a felon you can't function in society i I mean i I, we could talk forever um but it's you know as far as it being like half bear and half human or something no i don't think so um i just think it's more of, of some kind of social outcast Right. That, you know, functions on his own. That has learned to live on his own in order to survive. Right. Um, I don't know. Awesome. Well, man, I am so glad that I was able to make this connection for you two today. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I, I'm, I'm, that was a pleasant surprise. And have you been back to Maryland lately? Uh, yeah. Yeah. My uh, uh, Unfortunately, both my parents died this spring, so they owned a farm there in Upper Coast, so I've had to go back several times. Okay, yeah, I have, both of my parents passed away. That's one of the reasons I came back from Idaho, and uh, I still have to take their bodies, their ashes back to get interred at, uh, uh, what is it, um, Oak, Oak Lawn Cemetery in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I still have to do that, so. Now. Well, I don't want to end on a down note. But I will say to both of you, God bless the both of you for going through such troubled times. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, too. And um, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, it's uh, amazing. It's uh, amazing to talk to another uh, Upper Coian, up, Upper Coite. I'm not sure what, what we are. <laughs> to call it. I'm sure if when I, came, when I come back, I'm not going to recognize it. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there, I mean, there's still a lot of country there, but there's been some buildup for sure. Yeah, I know, because when my, my parents sold their house, it was 15016 Hanover Road, and we had two and a half acres, the brick house on two and a half acres, and then the people that bought it sold the field in the back, and someone built a house there, and then from the pictures that I've seen of it, they've just really kind of changed it a lot and painted it white, the red brick white and stuff like that, so... Did you know Danny? No, that sounds familiar. They live right right there on on Hanover Road. I'm trying to remember. We had across from the uh, from the Twenty Mile House, I believe he he lived. Okay, Carol. I remember. Susan lived on Emory Road. Um, trying to think. There was Andy that lived in Finksburg. There was. Um, oh, that little boy. Uh, Shout out to Andy, by the way. 
<laughs> I'm, right? just, I'm stunned to meet someone else from Uppercoat just completely randomly. It's it's uh, I'm I'm amazed by that. Very very happy. Uh, yeah, just to... Huffman, we used to from the Huffman's store yeah. on the corner. Yeah, yeah. We, we used to pick on him all the time because he had a crew cut, and we used to call him Fuzzy and make him cry. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> Have you repented for that? The kids would do that, go up and rub his head and say, "Hey, Fuzzy," and he'd start crying. Jeez. So, anyway, he's, he's probably a successful businessman now. I hope. Or he killed himself ten years ago. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, I hope not. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. We're all having fun here. Good luck with the Bigfoot issue, and I'll try to pay more attention to it. I, I honestly did think it was out in the western portion of the country. So I got to tell you, Tim is a famous author, actually, and he's written books on the subject. Huh. Okay. Do you want to <laughs> tell her how she can find you? Amazon. It's just Timothy Renner on Amazon. Yeah, just write that down real quick. Timothy Renner. Go look him <laughs> up, and, and nobody will believe it, especially people from up there. Oh. Okay, got it. You you do it? That sounded like that was real quick for you to have gotten it. Pardon me? No, nothing. I'm just playing with you. I'm just silly. Oh, 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 oh. No, I, I wow. Those, what do they say? Nothing just happens, right? So... Was meant to be. Nothing is random. That's true too. Yeah, you can say it that way. <laughs> well, hey, one more time. What was your name again? I'm sorry, I'm not from Maryland. Oh, it's Michelle. 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 P- Great name, Michelle. Tim and I will be doing an evening show here four nights a week. So anytime you want to give us a call, if we're here, we will answer the phone. Okay, sounds good. All right, thank you so much, Tim. Oh. Party. Awesome. Thank you. Um, thank you. Um, um, enjoy Upperco for me when you pass through. Will do. <laughs> All righty. Thank you both very much. Nice speaking with you. You too, sweetie. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Bye now. Godspeed. Bye. Bye. What are the chances of that? <laughs> that. Dude, the population of Upperco today is probably maybe eight hundred. <laughs> I mean, really, welcome, welcome to the thoughts on Bigfoot. Wow, that was amazing, right? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was crazy. Yeah, I, my wife's in the other room, just like stunned too. She's like, "Oh my god." Yeah, I'm immediately pulling that. And her her just deadpan could be a felon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be. I mean, do you see? Do you see that's I mean, that's the magic. That's the magic. Right. So the whole time that we're sitting here talking, now I'm going to be compelled. And the thing is, people wouldn't think this, but like there's no caller ID or whatever. In here on the on the board, it's just blinking lights. You know, we have like twelve lines coming in, and it always starts pumping about this time at night. Yeah, yeah, man, dude, that's amazing, right there. I think yeah, I need to. Let, I think crazy. I need. <laughs> I think I need to let you go marinate and do your interview, and then do you want to just text me when you're ready to go? I may go. Yeah, I may yeah. Go. I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be too long. So let me let me go hit these guys up, and then I'll I'll just text you. And I sent you a link to a PDF of my second book on. Uh, messenger kick ass man tell your wife what's your wifey's name allison 
Nice to meet you. <laughs> Hi, Allison. I'm Clint. Nice to meet you. Can you believe the magic? I bring people together. I'm like eHarmony, damn it. <laughs> so if you're looking for an older woman from your hometown, Tim, he's got your hookup. I damn near I damn near asked her or just said, see if you would have been a cougar, man. Y'all are a perfect match. <laughs> she could have been no, your I- skeptical wife. She was skeptical. She would have just said, instead of your wife just thinking you were crazy, she would have just been like, it's a felon. I <laughs> know I have this image of like Bigfoot holding one of those like quintessential like uh, the numbers when you get your intake when you're uh, arrested. Like no, he's in an orange jumpsuit. Oh yeah, that's what you need to draw. Dude. All right, yeah. Let me let me jump off. I'll I'll hit these guys and I'll I'll just text you when when I'm done with them. All right, man. I'll talk to you here in a sec, bud. All right, see. Okay. You. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You want to talk about what are the chances, what are the odds of that all the way that it happened it's completely insane i don't know that i've ever even had anyone from that area you know what i should do real quick is google i have a list over here maybe that's the best way to do it of affiliates no i'm just gonna google and try to figure out what that now she was in arizona right i think she said that's hard yeah yeah, because it would have been way stranger if she was up there and hearing it. But she was coincidentally commenting on the thing that I threw my monkey wrench into today, the Supreme Court of the United States situation. She's railing about this. And most of the time, people who... This is a documentary in and of itself. People who call talk radio, they don't care in the end of the day if it is, in fact, the host that they talk to. Now, a lot of them do, but some of them, they're just like, here's my opinion. And I just want to tell anyone, because I'll just tell you, the guy that I work with who answers these calls on the regular is from Brooklyn, and he has no patience. In fact, now my favorite thing is to record him scream <laughs> people down the line. Because 
it's just him getting frustrated. And I know what it is that he's dealing with on that end. But these people, they it's almost like there's either one or two ways. They're calling and they're like, I want to talk to him. Well, you know, you need to have a point. Well, I'll tell him. You know, they're just being argumentative. They're either just trying to get a rise out of him or they're just going to be like that. And he'll say, you know, yes, see you later. Or there's just the people that will call and they just want to they want to get it off their chest. They don't care. They don't care if it's you. They don't care who it is they're talking to. And she kind of came across that way, right? Yeah, I think so. I think because she, she was like, well, just tell the host what I had to say if I can't talk to him. <laughs> well, what I was going to say. Yeah, it's like, well, I'm sorry. We're we're not on the air right now. Well, what I was going to say anyway was and that gives off a little bit of a hint of loneliness. Maybe you don't have someone to listen to those thoughts when you go home to your place tonight. So you're just trying to get it out. She was very amenable to the original question. You realize, and I've had this conversation with Matt, you realize really quickly the bubble that we exist in. Like, for instance, we have an episode of the OKT that uh, Haley who writes about death and murders and serial killers and crazy stuff in Los Angeles. She's on uh, Hadley Mears and she's great. And we were talking about the hotel there, the hotel Cecil, right? Mm -hmm. On Skid Row in LA, the one where they had the, the girl, you know, with the weird stuff in the elevator. Yeah. The, uh, the maybe missing 411 type case. Right. And so I just asked her if she was familiar with the 411 thing. And I, we just got crickets. And I was like, see, Matt, that right there just shows like this is a woman who wrote a really fantastic article about this case. She has no idea what we're talking about because, well, it's a small pond. It is. It's a very small pond. So you realize real quick how people either don't care or they try to fetch in the back of their head some knowledge from years and years ago about it or the only thing that they know or they ask you if you're talking about a monster truck. You never know. But that's not the thing that was so interesting with her because she was trying to say, you know, I'm from this area and I don't think there are these things and I'm just being the jack wagon that I am saying, oh, well, my intern Tim here. <laughs> he's uh he's he's an expert on the area. Tim, step in. <laughs> and I'm interested to know from your standpoint, what's going on in your head when this see, I can't use the term random because I come from a discipline that thinks that saying that things are random dismisses the magic and i don't want to dismiss the magic i think there was a reason that that occurred but what is your thoughts when this caller out of nowhere seemed to have you might as well have dated and gone to see smoky fat or whatever his name was <laughs> cigar harry <laughs> cigar smoked fat though that too applied to cigar harry he was he was both smoky and fat a portly toker his candy store smelled of cigar smoke. Oh. 
That's the best kind. <laughs> but no, seriously, what's going on in your head? If you didn't know any better, you would have thought I was putting you on. It. I mean, once again, like to drive this point home, it was the first call you picked up completely randomly. Like you said, you don't have caller ID. First call you picked up. She starts talking, you know, asked her where she was from. She said originally Maryland, what part of Maryland, northern Baltimore County, uh, what part, Upper Co. I wish I had a camera on because I, I looked over at Allison. So when, when I record, Allison's usually sitting in the other room. She's usually on her computer or something. She could hear what we're doing. And I looked over at her and she's like mouthing silently like, oh, my God. You know, like like her eyes are, you know, big and wide. And she's like, What? And it, it was incredible. I mean, I was just like, like that's just not possible. <laughs> I mean, again, it's a tiny, tiny town, Upper Coast. It's not even really a town. It's a few farms. So I think, I think even before then, I think after we had either initially spoke on the phone or when we did that episode, you and I talking about Devil's Creek for the Strange Familiars, we just kind of hit it off. We have good rapport. I mean, we recorded for two hours and none of it is usable because <laughs> it's so outlandish. I mean, that is the shit that that's in the archive. But if someone gets a hold of it, we will never be president again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm a complete believer that that kind of stuff, I think that's the thing that binds people. And you have, let's face it, even though you don't work at a network where you're dealing with quote-unquote random people all the time, you are an author and a podcaster and you interact with people online. So it is not as if you are hidden in a basement somewhere or a Harry Potter closet. You're out in the world. And there are these moments where it's as if the great hand of the unknown is pushing you in a certain direction or trying to specifically say, hey, something is happening here that is important or that is special. And I've definitely felt, of course you knew that person. Of course, I was, I, I was joking earlier about that you used to date, but it was mm -hmm. damn near close like that. There, Y'all had... How many people did you graduate with? Eleven? <laughs> no, we were, the the high school was bigger because it, it it drew from a bigger area than that. But uh... but you still did your homework on a shovel together at least once a week. <laughs> <laughs> She's a little older than me, but you know, I mean, right, you know, yeah, we... listen, Calder, you, you know, your body more Murderland Cougar that's what <laughs> you up there, even though she's not there any longer, just as if you are not. But no, uh, I, does that make sense? It's as if we had this really back and forth thing. She was a glue for the two of us, right? Yeah. She was this instrument that made our interaction, though I already thought it was spectacular, seem special. Because all of a sudden we share this unique event. Right. And synchronicity as it were those events are not special to the people who don't experience them 
or maybe they won't be until they're read about in novels that are written about us, you know, 100 years from now. Or when we're past novels and it's just all spoken word poetry as if Beowulf was once again the thing. It's not a it's a very personal experience. But synchronicity really needs to have an audience just like other phenomenon. If you have someone that you share that phenomenon with, there's a bond created. Yeah. Was it you I was talking with where I was kind I kind of said like, well, I don't really believe in coincidence and I kind of pulled back. And then mm-hmm. you were, and you were like, "Oh no, no, no. I I totally don't believe in coincidence. Everything everything happens for a reason kind of thing." No, I get my hand slapped if I say that something is random. And I'm not lying about that. By the universe. Well, by the universe and by a very good friend of mine who happens to own the nonprofit that runs our book club and endeavor known as the Helping Friendly Book Club, which is a whole other thing. But if you're into reading and reading really interesting things, look it up. Helpingfriendlybookclub.com. Right on. I, I, uh, I do not know about this. No, yeah. No, I, I guess we all realize real quick that you don't listen to our while my podcast made you do a podcast, you don't listen to my podcast. God is, damn it. Look. Hey. Hey. I have not listened I, to every I episode. I, I don't hold that against you, bro. <laughs> once, one, once the spark is ignited, what am I to do but light the fuse and get away? I can't. <laughs> I can't expect you. A lot, of I, t- a lot of things you'll be like don't you remember this? And I'll be like, what? And then you'll tell me, and then I'll remember. I'll like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, I remember that episode. I well, just... I've, I've recently realized, I, and I, this is going to come, man, put this on my bragging montage. I have an amazing memory, Tim. Mm-hmm. Pe- people seem to think, I used to get offended that people didn't remember the same things that I do. And I've just started to realize, well, maybe... Mine is just heightened because other people are not as quick with the remembrances. But I, I really do. I, I have like a vice like that. Well, you know what? It, what I bet it is. You ask. Oh no! <laughs> you say you have a good ear for voices and so forth. You're probably an, an auditory learner, and you probably pick stuff up that way, and just lock it in. Did when you went to college? Did you have to take a lot of notes? No. No. You you just listened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I listen. Or, or I held my own class in the back. <laughs> and it was the professor who ended up learning. <laughs> You're invited to the quad later, sir, if you like further dalliances on the said topic. No. Yeah, no, you're right. That probably is it. It is. I'm weird about the detail. I don't, and I don't begrudge you of that. I honestly think that if you it's a much bigger compliment that I was uh, helping pushing you do your own thing than for you to tell me you've listened to every episode and you know what I'm about to say because I'll be honest with you maybe the first person that this happened with was James our friend Rest and when he came down to Arkansas and met me and we were on Clint Harris's porch 
and I said something, and James snapped his finger, and he was like, that's because you do this or that. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, why would you know that? And then I thought, okay, maybe it's because I probably talked about it in the podcast a time or two, but that's weird, James. <laughs> it's weird that you would know that. And if if you if I catch you outside my window later, if I catch you outside, catch how about you outside. that? So no, I I don't take I I'm giving you shit, obviously. I do think you think most of it was fantastic, but I don't. I'm just giving you a hard time. But no. I believe in shit happening for a reason completely. My idea with the concept of random is that random ends up replacing magic. Quote unquote. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it's a substitute for the divine. So and when people say when something happens that is serendipitous and seems to have guidance behind it, if you describe describe it as random, you dismiss. And as we discussed in the Where Did the Road Go? I think that our culture in general is more likely to push towards abandoning any hint of divine, divine whatever you want to call it, spirit. Magic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, magic. And we've discussed the fact that the universe will speak, and the more you listen the more likely it will speak. It starts to come in waves. So hence the auditory crutch of saying that something is random. And I still do it. And I'm not lying. I have been slapped on the hand. And I like Cole a whole lot. But it's only because I respect him that I let him get away with that kind of stuff. <laughs> it is the idea that once you are aware a lot of its dualism some eastern stuff involved interconnectedness those kinds of things and they're real and they sound fantastical on a lot of levels to a lot of people but it's real and i think that it can happen in something as simple as well i I'm going to get myself in trouble here, maybe, but I do that anyway. So let's talk about religion for a minute. And I myself have danced all over in the religiosity. In fact, I had to tell a few people on a conference call today who I feel know me very well, and they had no idea that the work and grind I've put into the religious field, the, the concept of prayer is if you just take the dogma out of it, you are speaking things that you wish to happen to the universe. You are manifesting. If your prayer is answered, you manifested it. That's not a shot at asking for something and hoping that a divine entity will give it to you. All I'm saying is that is a concept of meditation. It exists throughout many, many, many religious cultures for millennia. The idea that you have 
the ability to create. And I think we all do. When a synchronicity happens, if it happens to just you, you can still experience it, but when it happens between people or there are other people there that witness it, it's as if it, there are like, there are bonds created between those molecules. It just, it enforces. And that, though I wasn't surprised that that happened, that you knew that person on the other end of the phone, that was the first tip that, yeah, I was on the right path with you. Mm-hmm. And it comes, again, as many of these things do. Our relationship and getting to know each other comes at a time when there may be turbulence at other right. <laughs> said quote-unquote relationships. And you realize, oh, wow, here's someone who sees value in the same thing that things that I notice. And it removes a lot of um, the inherent mistrust that comes from realizing that someone wasn't really on your level. Mm-hmm. Is anyone still listening? Or <laughs> Well, I was just thinking now that we're, um, I, and I'm not sure how much editing is going to happen, but now that we're well into the podcast, we should probably define synchronicity. <laughs> should have done that at the start. Is that definable? Well, vaguely. I mean, so basically the dictionary definition is the simultaneous occurrence of events that appear significantly related but have no discernible causal connection. But uh, I think Jung put it a little better when he said simply meaningful coincidences. That's where I'm going to lean that area. When, When... coincidences start to have meaning and i say this in in the intro to my new book when i talk about uh uh, uh, synchronicities because i talk about them throughout my forthcoming book what's Um, that gonna be called i'm sorry what's the name of the forthcoming book right now i think it's going to be called don't look behind you but uh i'm leaning towards that but there may be a last minute title change if i come up with something better but as of now go with conversations with clint (laughs) we'll do that that'll be the the next one we should prank call mike clellan right now because i need to ask him what the hell's happening with al sorry i didn't mean to derail you yes so you talk about synchronicities a lot in the new book yes and in in the intro i say right right away when you start assigning meaning to coincidences you're you're kind of playing in insanity's toy box the danger is you you move into a toy box yeah yeah i like that the danger is you're moving into this kind of conspiracy theory thinking where like everything suddenly is related and so forth but it's undeniable when you when these things happen when you see these things i call them like signposts on the road like you're on the right path most of the time now as we'll get into in a little bit sometimes sometimes things happen which do not leave me with a good feeling and uh we'll we'll get into that but most of the time they're like and they're really all inspiring i think it's like really you know i like i've talked about the whole thing with on the podcast i think with the owls and the owl statue and finding the owl feather and the the wizard carved on the back of the owl and and just this whole series of like one thing after another bam 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 all these all these coincidences happening 
at, and tying into to the the book I was writing and the illustrations I was doing, it's mind blowing and it's awesome and it's really awe inspiring and it's it is a connection to something bigger. I mean, it absolutely is. Like I just realized, like wow, I'm like there is meaning to all this. There's something going on. There's something more to this. Now, my problem with it comes sometimes with this stuff and and we'll just call it the other the paranormal whatever all all that stuff is the other we don't understand it sometimes it slaps you upside the head and i'm not real happy with it sometimes and that comes into into it with the raccoon which we'll get to but so the same night the the same night we're talking about you took the call later in the night we're, we're talking about a number of other topics i mean we we talked for a long time and people should take note. One of the things we talked about, so we're talking about the Devil's Creek movie and Seth Breedlove having to come up and he, he makes those uh, small town monsters movies. So he's a he's another you know guy who's, who's made movies and, on paranormal topics and stuff. That's one of the things that came up. You told another story about that your grandmother told you about catching a raccoon or how to catch a raccoon. Yeah, I don't even know if it was my grandmother. I just, that's a... That's an old Southern. And why did that come up or how did that come up? It's really strange. We were talking about the shiny objects that were in the pile underneath the tree. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And that I had obviously heard of natural animals being attracted to the shiny thing. And yeah, that's where that came from. This is interesting. Did you ever read where the red fern grows? I saw the film. Okay. The original film, the 70s film or whatever? Yeah, yeah. For a while, they were going to remake that with Dave Matthews in it. What? I don't think that ever happened. I swear to God, I don't think that's a false memory. Although I'm totally tripped out today because we discussed false memory, among other things today, on our national radio show. And I kept wondering that, that this is why everybody's acting like this in big thing because the whole Berenstein Bears false memory is a big deal. Right. You remember hearing about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Mandela effect and all that jazz. Why is it? Why do they call it the Mandela effect? Because a certain number of people is swear. Nelson Mandela was never really in jail? Is that. Well, no, a certain number of people swear he died in jail. And then, oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. It really did have to do with him. I was being an asshole. No, no, no. It it, it really did. Um, I guess that's where people started to come up with the idea. I mean, anyway, continue. I just so. Oh yeah. So uh, well, you told the story about <laughs> how to catch a raccoon, which was just what put a shiny coin in a bottle. Was that- it may be mentioned in that book. The book is fantastic and will make you cry. The movie made me cry as well. But the book is, as most, better than. I don't know if book is going to be better than movie that we're talking about doing. <laughs> That'll kind of be just our show off, right? That'll be our race between you and I. But, yeah, that had to have been where it was. But that is, again, that's just a country thing. And I grew up around country folk. So, yeah, that you would, the idea that fascination with a shiny object, you put a coin or something shiny at the bottom of a jug, and a raccoon will reach in there and grab a hold of it, won't let go, 
and then the rest of it is probably grounds for PETA coming and talking to her. <laughs> Not like what happened with you, but yes, that was the other thing we talked this about. Is another thing with synchronicity is it took us a couple of days to put all that stuff together. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing we talked about was the idea that the messing around with the paranormal is, is kind of like the eye of Soren. And like when you get into this stuff, it's like it's like it takes notice of you. And we were talking about how we had both kind of come up with that. Again, that's something I mentioned in in the introduction to my new book. And you were like, oh, yeah, I've talked about that before. I've used that exact same phrase. And I mean, we totally agreed on that point where it's just like, yeah, it kind of notices you. You know, you're in the game now kind of thing. Um, right. It's, it, and we talked about that with Soraya, the whole idea of the observer. Mm-hmm. Which I think probably has some sort of it's almost as if it's a reverse observer effect. Right. Yeah. Nothing is paying attention. Then we can operate freely. But the moment that something looks at us. So, Hey, let's snap real quick here. You want to take a call? Yeah, let's do it. Just look down and it's ringing. Okay. Let's see what happens. Radio. Uh, and who am I speaking with? Oh, this is Ernie. I'm a kind of a talk show junkie. I listen to all the talk shows. I'm an old retired guy. All right. Welcome. Glad to have you. Where are you again? I'm in Ohio. Whereabouts in Ohio? Uh, Painesville. Painesville? Yeah. That's the county seat of Lake County. Let me ask you a totally unrelated question, Ernie. Okay. You're a talk show junkie. I'm 25 miles east of Cleveland. That's where I'm located. Well, look out, Cleveland. Are you over there by um, oh, the National Park over there? I'm I'm between uh, Cleveland and Erie, Pennsylvania. Cuyahoga? Cuyahoga? Tim, where are you in relation to... I'm sorry, my intern Tim is on the phone right now. Tim, where are you in relation to Erie? I'm uh, far, far away. I'm, I'm uh, down in south-central Pennsylvania. York. Okay, Pennsylvania's not that big, so you're making that up. <laughs> Again, that's why he's an intern, Ernie. All right, I'm about 70 <laughs> west of Erie. Yeah, I live in Texas, and, and we dwarf you all. Oh, yeah. Well, I drive two and a half hours just to get my mail. <laughs> yeah, I, I lived in every I lived for a, a period of time in every state west of the Mississippi, and I, I was a traveler in my day, but I'm 75 now. I don't. What were you doing? What were you doing then? I was a peddler. I was a kite maker, and I traveled all over the country. Selling. Whoa, 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 whoa! You were a kite maker? Yeah, I made kites, and then I traveled, and I, I set up on roadside corners, empty lots, and stuff, and sold my wares. Uh, that's a thing. That almost the thing of the past, I think. <laughs> No, I, I think it does exist. It's just usually around hippies and drug festivals. But that's amazing. So what else would you sell besides kites? Well, I I made uh, all kinds of yard decor, decor windmills, wishing wells. Uh, Pink flamingos? Uh, I made flamingos. I made uh, uh, all the cartoon characters. You know, Betty Boop. Uh, oh, the sexual, the sexual cartoon characters. Uh, all the uh, uh, worthy gigs they were called. Oh. 
and you put them out, and they, their legs would run. And <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Those are amazing with the, with the wind and everything. Yeah, my wife and I, we painted. We'd go set up on the corner and set our wares out, and then we'd sit there painting our... Uh, and that's how we made our living for quite a few years. That's incredible. Did you have an RV or what? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, streamline, old streamline? Uh, uh, just a small, you know, a small camper and I pulled. Right, like a fifth wheel? Yeah, and then I could pull my trailer behind it. Yeah, that's a good ride, man. And I had my, my tools and stuff, had a generator and then... You know, we made our living. Most of it, uh, I, I I got by without paying a lot of taxes to the government. That's always a good thing. And, and uh, well, it don't look too good on my little Social Security check, though. <laughs> yeah. But, it, it, you were living in the moment, man. It was time to live in the moment, right? Yeah, I, I'm doing okay. I, I don't drive or travel anymore. I have one of those little electric scooters that you scoot down the sidewalk on. Oh, hell yeah. That's what I do, and I live with my son. Do you flip off the kids who drive too loud or play their rap music? Uh, then this is the worst place. I live on a uh, highway. It's, just, it's in the, it's in the uh, uh, city limits, the township city limits of the... Uh, but the, the road I live on is uh, one of two accesses to and from the freeway. Right. And uh, and uh, they, those kids go by here with them cars and motorcycles. It's a good thing I can ride on the, legally ride down the sidewalk and don't have to travel on the road. You know. And they're lucky you don't have a pellet gun. Man, I just uh, I just go. I go down to the supermarket, which is a half a mile, and I go ride my scooter right inside. <laughs> Hell yeah, you do. Go through the uh, go through the aisles, do my shopping, and ride it right through the cashier. You ever goose a woman when you're doing that? Just and just wonder if she'd even know it was you. Uh, well, I don't know. What I town know. in Ohio was that again? That's Painesville, P-A-I-N-E-S. That I L L E. It's it's a town that did a lot of horrible things happen there. Well, I don't know. Why do they call it Painesville? I guess is what I'm asking. I don't know. Years ago, I never did uh, run across any reference to why it was named that. But it's the county seat of a fairly large county. Right. Let me ask you a question, though. You, you said you've been in every state west of the Mississippi. Am I correct? I spent some time in Mississippi down there. No, no, you said west of the Mississippi, so I just... Met west of the Mississippi River. So you did Utah and all that? Uh, I covered all the areas. And I... Okay, so let me ask you a couple of questions. I got a couple of questions for you. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, Ernie. This is some... This is upper echelon stuff here. One, what's the craziest thing that ever happened to you on the road? And by crazy, I mean... The story that if you had to tell one story about your trips and your travels, it could involve a serial killer, something that you saw, maybe a creature, maybe a ghost. Give me a story from the road, because I do know once you go west, you enter Game Hinge, and there's no telling what happens. Well, I was pretty fortunate. I never had any bad... I never had any bad bad experiences on the road except one time in Oklahoma I come very very close 
uh, to being in the eye of a tornado. It was coming right at me. Okay. Uh, and I jumped there. Was, it was out in the country, out of town, on a, a corner that come off the, kind of like the, the four lane. Right, right. Well, I mean, I mean, you're just more you're you're just as likely to run in a tornado in Oklahoma as you are, you know, a tumbleweed. I know, and the thing was coming right at me. Did you yell, "It's coming right for us!" It was coming right at me. I mean, it was only a, a few hundred feet right there. Right. I was close to a lake, and for some reason, that tornado. I jumped between these. Uh, at the time, I had a school bus camper. Were you on foot? And, uh, uh, no, I was sitting up on the corner selling, and my wife wasn't with me at that time. Kick her to the curb for the day? I I, I just uh, got out, and I jumped uh, uh, down under the uh, bus, and, and there was this big roar, and all this the dirt was flying, because uh, there were some stockpiles, big uh, piles of dirt, what they used in the winter to put on the roads. Yeah, a lot of that has doo-doo in it. Big, loud, loud roar, and then all of a sudden it was gone. It had turned before it actually got right to me. It turned about at the last minute, and it went along that freeway and lake. It took out trees, homes, threw cars off the freeway. It was a major storm. That's crazy. That's crazy. Did It sounded like a train, huh? And at the time, I... I used to tip a few back in there, and I was about half <laughs> when all that happened. <laughs> and I said, and here the TV showed up out there and everything. And that's the most interesting thing that I can recall ever happened. <laughs> okay, all right. I like that story. Well, let me ask you another one because, you know, a lot of people when they get on the road, they they end up seeing interesting things. And you actually happen to be in a place in Ohio that's sort of known for the weirdness. So we have a secret super off-the-air poll going on today. Uh, the poll question for today is, what are your thoughts on Bigfoot? Oh, well, that old Yiddy story that's been around for years. The what story? Uh, Yiddy. That's the name for uh, Bigfoot Yeti. Yeah. And uh, when I was growing up in north, I grew up in northern Minnesota, way up in the woods, uh, not 100 miles from the Canadian border. And that everybody always talked about Yiddy, Bigfoot. They didn't even call it Bigfoot back then. They called it Yiddy, which is, uh, I don't know where that name comes in. Right. Did you know anybody up there? Do you remember anyone up there that said that they had had any sightings? No. Well, anyway, when I got to turn seven, hit 17, my parents were divorcing, and it was a big mess. And I got pissed off, and I just said, see you later. I went and signed my name. The day I turned 17, I signed the dotted line and went in the military and got the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you for your service. Where did you go? I was in the Army. Where'd they end up putting you? They put me over in Germany with all the good beer and straw lines. <laughs> <laughs> about that? Did you get you a St. Pauli's girl? Uh, well, I, I enjoyed 11 or 12 of them. And, and that's my, uh, my, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm mostly German myself. Oh yeah. Okay. So I got, to, I was in a station in Karlsruhe, Germany, which is kind of a tourist town on the Rhine river. 
Oh, yeah, I enjoyed my time in Germany. Definitely. I bet so. That beats the shit out of being in Iraq or something. Yeah, I never see. That was in 1961. Well, yeah, obviously. I'm just saying. Uh, there wasn't. Uh, but I seen people come and go from Vietnam, you know, uh, during my mm -hmm. in the military. I'm glad I never got orders to go in there. I worked in a motor pool. Mm -hmm. I was a tank mechanic. Oh, nice. I worked on tanks, trucks, jeeps, whatever. Did you ever have to kill anybody? No, never was in any kind of conflict. Man, you kind of hit the sweet spot, Ernie. Oh uh, yeah, I, I kind of lucked out. I I had good duty and uh, had that's good. good regular, stay regular. And that's my only. That's my. Uh, uh, I have some medical problems. Um, and the VA takes good care of me. That's that's all free. Man, well, that's good to hear because we've heard stories that are opposite of that. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Ernie, hey, Ernie, I want to tell you, man, I really, really appreciate you, sir, and your service. You have obviously led a fantastic life, fascinating life. And see, I have a serious, serious mental problem because I, I I was in a deep accident one time years ago, and they put me on disability, so I get a little little check from the VA because uh, uh, I was in a deep accident. I was on a team that when they had the Cuban Missile Crisis, they sent uh, Colonel Sanders from the 101st Airborne to our little desert train. Colonel Sanders? The chicken man? He came to our little base, which was a desert, the only desert place out of Barstow, California that didn't even have, uh, still had dirt streets. And he came there. So are you telling me Colonel Sanders was a real colonel? Colonel Sanders, uh, no, not that Colonel Sanders. Oh, uh, same name, but uh, but he was in special forces, and he came in there and asked for volunteers to form an aggressor team to go against the 101st Airborne was on alert to go to Cuba. Uh, that was during that Cuban Missile Crisis and '62. Right, right. I, I have a friend who. Um he actually works for the Ritz, and he was in Cuba right after they reopened the trade. Right. That wouldn't have been such a bad thing for you to be in Cuba, I'm just saying. All right. Talk about some frow lines. Mama Cita's down there, buddy. I'll bet you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, I, 
why that's why I was in the GFRAC because we we formed as, as an aggressor guerrilla force against uh, uh, those four guys uh, airborne. They dropped them down in the desert with all their equipment and stuff, and we were the guerrilla force that went out and screwed with them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, for yeah, yeah. a whole month. We didn't have to shave. We wore our 45s uh, like the cowboys on her. Uh, and it was it was kind of a neat thing, but I was unfortunate. I was in that uh, Jeep accident because the driver didn't know that. He drove into a dry riverbed. One of the guys in the Jeep got killed. I was mm-hmm. sitting in the back, and I got thrown out. But I hit my head real hard, so... That brought the room down a little bit. Never fared real well after that, as far as uh, in the military. So I'm sorry to hear that. Hey, so Ernie, before we let you go, because I got to get going, but um, one more question: um, You ever seen a ghost? Mm, no, I. Alien. I I come real close to dying one time, and I had an out of body experience. Whoa. And for sure, this is for real. This is no bull. Okay. And that was in 1972. So what happened? I was staying with some people in this town in their basement, and I was keeping their wood furnace going for for my rent. And I come from the local bar after the bar closed. And when I went up on the back porch to go in the house, it was icy, and I slipped, and I hit my head on the cement. And I laid out there for quite a while. My old man, when I didn't come in, he went to check on me, and he found me and pulled me in, pulled me down the stairs into the basement, got got me in my bunk. But I remembered it, and man, I'll tell you what, it was an out-of-body experience, and it wasn't ghosts. But it was, uh, I was going through, you remember the old movie where uh, Ebenezer Sneeze, uh, he was going through this thing with uh, ghosts of... Uh, Scrooge? Uh, yeah, and he they was in the darkness and they was going through these curtain-like deals where he was seeing the, these different people from his family and stuff. Right. And the little Jimmy, what was that little guy's name that was crippled or something? Tiny Tim. But he, yeah, but he was going with the spirit through looking at these saints, and then when he woke up, of course, he was a changed man. That's what it was like for me when I had this, uh, I had this experience. That's what I experienced. I was going through the darkness, looking into these curtains, and then all of a sudden, this bright orangey, uh, reddish light, it was just real bright, and then I woke up. <laughs> and what well, I'll tell you what I I I never forgot that I don't I still think about it to this day I mean I know my spirit had was uh, between I was right there between life and death you know yeah that's incredible but Tim, for, Tim do you have a follow up question so Tim he's actually he's got a PhD in fairies and. He likes the stuff. We both actually like the kind of the weird stories. What is it? How many um, near-death experience stories are you familiar with, Tim? A few. Uh-huh. It's it's not anything I've I've extensively studied. But th- so you saw people you knew in this experience. 
Well, it was, uh, uh, yeah, my spirit was looking for where it wanted to go. That's an interesting thing to me. I strongly believe in the spirit because I I was the kind of, ex- I feel that I experienced it. But for some reason, I didn't die. I, I was, I was uh, you know, came back to life. But my spirit, I strongly believe in the spirit, you know. Ever since that, I think I'm close to, I lived in uh, this place here four or five years ago, and this has happened to me more than once. Wait a, wait, wait a minute, not the actual experience of nearly dying, but you've been back to that place since. Well, I lived in this house with my son, and if there was a basement with a, out the basement had a door for an outside entrance. So I went down there and I built a, my own room down there, and the room had a door on it. And uh, there was a stairway, a wooden stairway going to down to the basement. And that one time a lady fell down that stairs and she died right there at the foot of the stairs. That's where she died. My door to my room was about four feet from where she died, right there on the floor. And more than once, there was this loud knocking on my door, loud enough to wake me out of a dead sleep. And I would get up and go to the door, and nobody was there. And I, I think it was her spirit. I, and there's been a couple other instances like that. Like what? Now, I'm mostly knocking on my door. So I think somehow, some way, I'm in the, I'm kind of connected with the spirit world. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like you got one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. I think I, I'm close to the spirit world. So I think they're just waiting on me. <laughs> when I kick off, it ain't going to take them long to snatch me up. And, uh, I don't know, but that's all very interesting stuff, you know. Oh, yeah, well, I'm eating that up. Like you said, you didn't have any experiences, but then we get you to talking and you get to be buddies with us. Especially an old acid freak like me, you know. What? Wait, what? I used to trip on that. I used to trip on that LSD in my younger years. And, oh, my God. I am such a big fan of LSD. And when my mind... I don't have an education, per se. I quit school. I'm sorry. Yes, you do. If you tripped on acid, you have an education. Well, that type of education, but a formal education. I quit school, and I was halfway through the ninth grade. My dad moved around so much, I developed a complex of meeting people, so I finally just quit school when I was 14. But oh yes, uh, I've got a really a good head for that. I used to, uh, I used to really enjoy that. I haven't done any kind of alcohol or any kind of drugs, not even pot. I don't even smoke pot anymore. Right, right. It's not anywhere near as fun as acid. I haven't had, I haven't even drank a beer since the year two thousand. I give it all up. I smoke tobacco. That's it. Good for you. Here and watch TV, and I listen to my talk shows at night. <laughs> when was the last time you tripped acid? Oh, it's been quite a. I remember the last time it was in Norman, Oklahoma. Shut and, up! Tell me you weren't watching Oklahoma play football. No, I was set up, uh, you know, selling my uh, my wares. Your wares. 
So you were just tripping acid in Norman, Oklahoma, of all places. Was it the fall or was it the summer? No, it was the summer. And I was set up and this guy came to the corner. And he had LSD on him. Yeah, he had some he had some pretty good stuff on him and he wanted one of the things that I was selling, but he was short of money, so he traded me. And we sit there in my bus camper and we uh we got I I always handled I could do ten times more than the average bear. I I've, I've got a good head for that. No, yeah, you're heady. That's uh, that's that would be the terminology there. You're heady. And it, it was so it was so funny because this guy was parked next to my bus doors, and he wanted to go out and get a beer, and he was tripping so hard that he went out. We were both tripping. But I could still take care of business, you know. Right, yeah. It's one big trip. But he, he wanted to get a beer, which he had some in the front of his car. Instead of opening the door and grabbing him a beer, he was to try to reach it through the window. Well, he couldn't quite reach the beer where it was sitting on the seat. And he had his, had his half of his body was in the window. And his, <laughs> and his feet were sticking out. And he was kicking his feet like he was swimming. <laughs> There's nothing better than a good, like, where where you laugh so hard on LSD that your sides hurt. Because that's the way it makes me feel. I get all giddy. Oh, yeah. And it's what's so amazing about it is, is you'll start off on something, and you'll, you'll make this big trip, and you go, and you go around, and, and you go around, and you come back right to the same spot. It's an amazing drug if you have good stuff, you know. Right, yeah, totally. No, I don't even look at it as a, I mean, it's a living organism, you know? It's... Right. I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big advocate. And I don't really partake in anything else other than these days. When I first started listening to him, he played an old song that was my favorite song for many, many years. What's that? And it's by an old... Uh, uh, artist and her name is Joe Stafford and the name of the song is You Belong to Me and he played it on his show and that's about the time I started listening to him that's many years ago but that was my favorite song for many years see the pyramids along the Nile watch the sunrise on the tropic isle just remember darling all while you belong to me see the marketplace in old Algiers Send me photographs and souvenirs. Just remember, through the years, you belong to me. See the pyramids along the Nile. Watch the sunrise on a tropic isle. Just remember, darling, all the That's a beautiful That bring back some memories right there? I spend many times sitting in my the Pacagama bar in my hometown because it was on the jukebox, and they never took the old songs. Uh, the good old Frankie Rain and Al heard good songs on the jukebox, and they didn't change it, and they left them on there. 
And when I had troubles, I'd go down there, and that's what I would do. I'd play that song and drink my brandy and get started. So, <laughs> right. That's a beautiful song. Yeah. No, dude, you're a beautiful man, Eddie. I, I swear to God, I, I kind of feel like I need to get some really good LSD and come and find you. <laughs> right. Well, I don't I'm not even lying. Like, I know for a fact, I'd have to think about it in my head, but I, I'm a, I happen to be a fan of a band that is very heady. And there's, uh, in fact, speaking of Yetis, I was looking at some prints of perforated LSD paper the other day, and there's a Yeti print going around. Yeah, yeah, it's a Yeti. That's what I remember. Yeah, this has acid on it, though. It's a piece of paper. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I'm so I was trying to think of... Uh, music when I was young. That's, I did that for quite a few years, too. I played music. I had a polka band. A polka band? Yeah. You hear I, that, Tim? Where's nice. your rock now, buddy? I I, I play <laughs> I play guitar. I'm not a, a true professional, but I was pretty good, and I did vocal work. And then I would have an, uh, uh, a partner that played the accordion, you know. I played music. Uh, we'd go out and play, you know, two, three nights a week, play the clubs, BFW, the Moose Club, the Elks Club, uh, play for wedding dances. Uh, you know, back in the old days when people took their kids to the dances and stuff. Right. This is the first time I've ever called to a talk show. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, you never know. I lived out of a backpack for quite a few years to hitchhike in all the country roads. Believe that. And I went to, I hitchhiked to San Francisco many years ago. And I walked down there and I, I wanted to walk across the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> and that's what I did. I hitchhiked from, I don't remember, someday halfway across the United States and went there. And I didn't have much money. And, uh, I went down there, and this guy was playing the guitar on the street corner down there. And he had an extra guitar, so I, I played with, uh, some music with him. And he chipped me in with some money, so I had some road money and all for the last a week or so. And then I walked across the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> it was a trip. That's amazing, man. I always thought a, a, the perfect job would be, uh, and I would make a good, uh, what do you call that? My damn brain will work right sometimes because I have... A gigolo? No, something to opinion uh, <laughs> on, like like the movie, in the movies. Oh, like a critic? A critic. That's the kind of job I would be good as a critic. Well, maybe I'll start, let's, let's, hey, you know, let's get you to start reviewing stuff and I'll just, uh, I'll get your opinions out there, man. Right, because I think I have a good mind for that. I think. I love it. My opinion, even though my, my oldest son, I was, he's always bitches, he's dad, you're this, you're that, but I, you know, I think I'd make a pretty damn good critic. <laughs> That's incredible. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna. I'm not even. I'm not even playing, Eddie. I'm gonna try to find the best LSD I can on fall tour this year, and I'm gonna come up there. I have never met Tim in person. I'm gonna come find Tim, and Tim and I are gonna go and meet you, and we're gonna go out in the woods of Ohio, and we're gonna get weird. 
they got some pretty good state parks down here. Uh, you know, uh, there's supposed to be big feet all over that old uh, salt salt lick fork. Say what? Salt fork. Salt fork. I don't see because I don't get out much because uh, because I have a, a you know everybody's busy around here. I have four sons and a daughter. And two of my sons, my two oldest sons, live here in the house, and and, and they're busy doing. Shit. But I have one son, my second, the oldest. He's a, he's a real, uh, very intelligent kid, but he don't do nothing with his intelligence. But he's a, but he was a, a, around and worked at that big Punderson State Park. He was a host out there for a couple of years. Oh yeah. And, and so he knows about the park system, you know. Right, right. I'm telling you, I've got your phone number and stuff. Man, you never know. We're, we're going to try to get in touch, Eddie. I really, really appreciate the time. You've been fantastic. Tim and I have both really enjoyed speaking with you, sir. Well, I'll tell you what. It's been an amazing call. And uh, it's the only first, probably the last time I ever call a talk show. But uh, I sure picked the right one, didn't I? Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Hey, brother. Thank you so much, man. Have a great evening. And you have a good one. Okay, brother. Have a great night. Thank you so much. You bet. Bye. Okay. Good night. <laughs> Dude. All right. So, not exactly synchronicity, but this goes to another point. I don't know how often you've experienced this, where you talk to somebody like, all right, tell me something weird that's happened. And they're like, nothing. I've never experienced anything weird. And then you push a little bit more and then it comes out. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, I thought the exact same thing there. And I mean, right there, you're talking about two of the, the, well, I mean the whole near death experience. That's Holy grail. Oh yeah. I mean, of all of them, that's gotta be one of the hardest. I mean, just, by its name alone, that's got to be one of the hardest things to experience. And, and then that's crazy that it trips me out him describing the curtains. Right. Is, you know what? He was flowing like not trying to make sense of what he was saying. Just this was the way it was. There were curtains and I was going through and it was darkness and it turned my life around. So the question I have, and it's after the fact now, I'm just thinking of it. Were the LSD trips before the near-death experience? And if so, I would ask him if he thought they helped him sort of prepare for that. Because he seemed pretty relaxed about it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, definitely in hindsight. I think I do think he alluded to the fact that it made a difference in his life. Mm-hmm. I, do, I do think that um, psychedelics have a lot to do with a lot of that stuff. Yeah, they're uh, one of the, they're, I mean they're one of the doorways in into the other, I think. Uh it's the snake without fear. She'll take you to the garden, to the gate, to the other side. I've had one I mean one of my most intense, meaningful experiences was was on Salvia and I was, you know, that's that's a pretty powerful hallucinogen. Yeah, every time you mention salvia, it makes me think of the fake weed that they sell at the like the gas pipe. Well, they used the they used to sell it there. It used to be like right along with that stuff, it, and it's crazy. Like it's synthetic marijuana. No, 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 no. It's completely natural. It's it's what uh, is that? The synthetic marijuana. It has a similar name. 
Yeah, that stuff you want to stay away from, I think. Yeah, it just sounds like garbage, basically. Yeah, yeah, people are like getting like crazy on that. Real Bad. messed up. But uh no, salvia was it comes from a, a leaf. It's uh, salvia divinorum. It's a it's in, I think it's in the mint family yeah, actually. I'm completely familiar with it. It's just every time you mention the name it makes me think immediately. Yeah, because it I mean it used to be sold like you like head shops would have it and even like convenience stores and stuff you could pick up salvia like it used to be legal crazily enough not a party drug like this in no way is that a party drug that's not something you do for that's a like you go in knowing it's a ritual and don't it's not a nets and giggles drug no 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 no. i had i had some friends take it like you know expecting lsd and they were horrified (laughs) Mm. like literally horrified they're like i will never touch that again i'm not even lying i meant to ask you i I knew i knew you were in to having some fun sometimes but i saw this this is how cool my scene is that there's a thread right now currently going on oddly enough um one thing that i plan on bringing up in the well that we've already brought up in the okay talk that i'm about to put out but the 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 website fantasytour.com which is a with the fish board on fantasy tour is just the home of some of the most immaculate trolls on the internet (laughs) and it's it's one of the funniest places on the planet and but at the same time i mean there was an entire thread about the LSD that was around this summer, what it looked like, dosage. And the like I was just reading this. I just sent you the picture to your Facebook. That was the that's the Yeti perf. Is that the one uh the one you were talking about? Was it Ernie? Ernie. Ernie? Was his name Ernie? Yeah. Ernie. See? I wrote down Eddie, but it was definitely Ernie. Yeah. Because he said Ernest. Isn't that good looking right there? Yeah, man. Look at that. No, I just think it's really cool that, I mean, that's high end on these days when people are actually having discussions about, okay, you know, here's what's floating. Here's what's good for this, good for that. I'm a big fan. A big fan. In fact, I feel like I could damn near get rid of almost everything else if I could have that on a not a daily basis by any means, but I am fascinated with the idea of microdosing. Yeah, that's very, very fascinating to me. Like when, when hearing people talk about it, um, I've experienced it at a, um, just a little bit of a higher level. But we had. Are you are you, are you a Terrence McKenna guy? Well, we just we had people involved in our crew somehow that created and you know whiskey styes I went to Mexico and traded 100 pairs of Levi's jeans or 50 pairs of Levi's jeans for 100 buttons of peyote under the guise of a college trip that's a true story did I lose you? no 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 and we we took that and um I almost ground most of it up, and then we started mixing it with this super, super clean MDMA, and we call them Iculus pills. Dude, 
Jesus. It was straight up. <laughs> it was Kid Charlemagne, man. Like for a couple of years, you know, we had big rock and roll band. Our friends were all a part of here in town. And we were straight up trying to get the doses right. You know, because we didn't know. So we'd peyote mescaline in general is real strange. You want to talk about something that's active, that knows. Mescaline is the fuck Sauron of psychedelic. Wow. You could literally touch it and it could flip you out. Or you could eat 12 cactuses and it could just give you the finger. It really, they they have never been able to quantify it for that reason. And it's as if it reacts when it wants to. Oh, weird. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's, that's the joke with, you know, Morrison saying, if you kiss the snake with fear, it'll eat you instantly. If you kiss it without fear, it'll take you to the gate, to the garden, to the other side. But the fact that it is, it's not really. So anyway, any, these people that would get a hold of these <laughs> would, you were going to have a good time. Because the MDMA, I've never seen anything as clean. Like we could have stepped on it 50 times and it would have been the best Molly anyone ever touched. But we didn't do that. I mean, it was really, really high tone. And then you throw in this really, really sensitive and aware psychedelic on top of it. I will just say I I, I was in, living in Abilene at the time, and I, I drove a Tahoe, and I was coming to Dallas for the weekend for the rock and roll. And I took one of those pills that got in my car, and drove. Man, it was a great drive. Didn't stop the whole way. Good times. And I pulled up <laughs> to my friend's house here in Dallas. I opened the door and I looked down and the ground was like 400 feet below me. And I just <laughs> fell out of the car <laughs> in front of a yard full of 100 people. <laughs> and just got the belly laugh point. You know, totally normal. Totally normal. And then it was, let me open the door and get out. Oh, my God. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff like that. It's, and, yeah, I do think that shit, man. It's, it's not even just that it's, it is a trigger and a gateway, but it's also a, it's like a conduit. Did you see the article that's going around where they, um, they put octopi in a, in a MDMA bath? No. Pretty interesting. Still think that happened? They so they put them in a, an MDMA bath, and they said, and then they put them in a tank together. And they said normally they so this tank had sort of different rooms, so they could get away from each other. And normally they would just kind of retreat in their different rooms. And apparently they would they just started hanging out together and like petting each other. They said one was doing like water ballet through the tank. And the thing about them is that they don't even have brains like us. They have a completely different nervous system. It's like they're aliens. Yeah, they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But they, so they think that these, I guess the serotonin receptors and the idea of sort of socializing, it might be at a, at a DNA level. It's a really, really interesting article. It's going around Facebook now, 
but uh, it's pretty wild because it you know it's a completely different brain system and and it affects them very similarly. Dude, this whole that whole conversation with him has already got me seriously thinking. That combined with the LSD thread that I was reading the other day. Hey, so I know we're doing the synchronicity thing. I really enjoyed that phone call. Did you really? Or yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm kind of. An I don't mean to be like I'm just making jokes. No, no. Was, I, I mean, I, I think it was cool. I like it. I like this a little sort of uh, side. So at this point in the conversation, my internet went out. We lost internet here. And there was some confusion because I was texting Clint. And the computers in his studio went down at the same time. So we both somehow lost connections at exactly the same time. He was very confused because his computers went to blue screen right as I lost internet. So we don't know what happened with that. You can chalk that up to the great eye of the other, the eye of Sauron, seeing what we were doing and calling an end to our plans for the evening. We did continue the conversation on the following night, and that will be episode 50. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. DarkHollerArts.com If you're on Facebook, look up the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. Join the Facebook Gathering Group where we share stories from the news, we share updates on the show, photos, artwork people are working on, etc., etc. Groups growing every day, and it's a lot of fun. That's the Strange Familiars Gathering on Facebook. Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.